Oh, yeah. Ladies and gents, it's your buddy Gavin Filibuster Freestyle. We are back, bringing back our buddy Andy Maslin tonight. As you probably know, Andy Maslin lives in the state of Florida, which has become the epicenter of COVID-19 here in July 2020. But Andy and I got plenty to talk about. We'll probably save the coronavirus stuff till the end, because frankly, I know we're all coronavirus out, but uh, I want to see how he's doing down there. But we got plenty to talk about, like I said. Theme song is going to come up in a second, but first, places listening. Number one, France. The U.S. is number two. Number three is Ireland. Number four, I'm going to skip over because it's a country in very Eastern Europe that actually is the largest country by landmass in the world. And whenever we mention that country's name by name on the podcast, that country then listens a bunch. So I'm going to do a new experiment, which is to stop saying that country's name for a bit and uh, see if it goes away. Number five, Brazil. Number six, Pakistan. Number seven, Denmark. Eight, Indonesia. Number nine, Jordan. Number 10, the Islamic Republic of Iran. And number 11, the United Arab Emirates. Uh, In terms of countries checking in this week, appreciate that. Number one city, basically been this way since December of 2019. Paris, France, number one. Dublin, Ireland, number two. And the capital city of that country I won't name is number three. Okay. So Andy Maslin coming up next. Here comes the theme song and the filibuster freestyle. Before we hit the theme song, subscribe, rate, and review the pod. You can do it on various podcast outlets, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Deezer. You can always check us out at filibusterfreestyle.com. Not only on the website is the name The Filibuster Freestyle, but you can go to at filibusterfreestyle on both Twitter and Instagram to follow the show as well. Tell your friends, too. Do it the old-fashioned way. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle, filibuster, filibuster Watch freestyle. Watch out for the filibuster. Filibuster, freestyle, filibuster freestyle. It's the filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. Oh yeah, as promised, live from the Gulf Coast of Florida, Andy Maslin joins the show. What's up, Andy? I am here in the Gulf Coast. Talking to Gav Money on the East Coast. We're ready to go. We're ready to go. You have brought back, uh, it's not the same hairstyle that you had back when I met you, but you have the same feature as when I met you. The power alleys are back. Power alleys are back. You no longer shave your head during, how did this hairstyle grow out, come about during coronavirus? Let's let's start there. Well, I don't have a good head of hair, so that's why my head's always been shaved, even when I could grow hair. You know, a few times a year I would shave it. So we kind of got into coronavirus and I I just didn't shave my head. And then every time like I went to shave it with the clippers, I would walk into the bathroom and my wife had just cleaned the sinks. Oh, yeah. So, you know, all right, so we're going to wait. Then I'm like, you know what? I'm not seeing anybody. I'm not on the road. Let me just grow it out and see where it goes. So that's what I kind of did. I got a hair. I got, got one haircut. It's going to come off again, but just change it up a little bit. How many years did you go between haircuts? Um, I used to go get my haircut in, at a place in Florida, at Fort Lauderdale, but it was normally just to get my head shaved because they had free beer with every haircut. Oh, then so, you got to do that. Yeah, totally. Like, I'd go with like a couple of friends and it'd be like a good time, you know? Yeah, that's like paying for the beer, but getting a free haircut almost, you know what yeah. I mean? Can't beat that. But so it had probably been 10 years, though. Got it. Wow. Okay. Pretty awesome. 
Uh, well, anyway, I like the lettuce on top of the head. Looking good. Corona beard's looking good. I told the folks in the pre-show we're going to save some of our, our Disney World and coronavirus and Florida stuff till the end. Let's start with some sad news. Um, for those of you who haven't paid attention, Andy and I are both connoisseurs of the film Jerry Maguire. It is one of the greatest films ever. And even if you don't think so, it won a bunch of Academy Awards. So, If you don't think, if you don't think so, you're wrong. Correct. Unfortunately, today we learned that at the age of 57, Kelly Preston, the actress who played Avery, Jerry Maguire's fiance in the movie, passed away. Pour some out for Kelly Preston. That stinks. Bad news. Sorry to hear it. Any thoughts from you? I mean, she was one of the villains in Jerry Maguire, but that was just the character. So sad to see her go. Absolutely. Interesting. I was listening to something today. and They were mentioning some of the movies she was in. I don't think she was in that much. No, but the thing is, she had some really, really prominent roles, but but it was like over a very, like, it was like she had a very solid career for like a very short amount of time, and then you would imagine she would have been in more, but but yeah, she wasn't. Yeah, so yeah, that, that just stinks, and you know, you, you wake up to that, and my, my, like, my first thought, first thought was Jerry Maguire. Me too. Um, bittersweet to, to have a reason to think about Jerry Maguire when someone's passing from the cast, at first, I was like, oh, man, I hope she didn't have coronavirus. But I've learned that she had breast cancer, I believe, or definitely cancer. I think breast cancer. Yeah. I, I think Travolta's statement said she was battling it for two or three years, and they kind of kept it quiet. So. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was talking to, uh, you know, the artist formerly known as Cindy Harrington earlier, and she told me the same thing. So it must be true. Two, two sources. So listen, uh, lots going on in the world. Coronavirus has reared its head in the world of Olympi- uh, Olympic college sports. Stanford of all schools, like the third biggest endowment in the country in the world, cut 15 sports. Dartmouth College, uh, they cut five sports. And my hot take for you, my man, is, oh, Brown University, transi- uh, yeah. they transitioned 11 sports to club sports, which means they cut 11 sports. So um, those are three of the wealthiest schools in the country. And uh, first, let's get your take on that. I and mean, that stinks for those athletes, those coaches, those alumni, those fans. Stinks. It- it stinks. I think it's a cop-out for the school. I mean, they have so much money to do whatever they want with, and they've they've chosen to go away from them. My guess is with most of them, they wanted to get rid of those sports for a while anyways. Mm-hmm. And the, the coronavirus was the perfect excuse to say, funding's down, we can't do competition, whatever it is. And that's that was the vehicle they used to get rid of them. But I don't think... It's anything new to anyone in those athletic departments if those sports were going away. That's fair. Um, one of the things I, I mentioned to you briefly when we texted was um, in America, the Olympic sports don't get funded by the government the way they do in other countries. So like in, back in the Soviet Union days, the East Germany days, but even like now in like France or Italy, the country pays for the Olympic program. And in the U.S., the USOC raises money from sponsors and from donations. And I think one of the reasons they can pull it off is because there's a robust offering of Olympic sports at the Division I college level. And we're seeing those basically get wiped out right now. Well, it, it, the thing that is most ironic to me, most of these Olympic sports, these country club sports, for, for the most part, are you know, rich kids sports, right. like not the average Joe is going to play them. Fencing, you know, they come money. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're the, the prep school sports you think of in high school, big money, a lot of travel, you know, not the average sport. Most, you know, yes, I, there's few, there, there are examples of others, but for the most part, it's, it's the higher class sport. They can certainly pay for itself. And I bet you there are some big time donors at these schools who are, you know, a fencing alum or a, you know, what else, swimming or what else was got. They're alum and they're a big time donor and saying, that's my sport. Like, what are you doing? Right. Um, but I think not even not only with the Olympic sports, um, and sports overall, I think we're going to see a huge change in the college landscape at that level in general over the next 10 to 20 years. And you're already seeing it with um, the NBA Development League, the G League, offering contracts to top guys. Um, you've It's already overtaken the high school level in most states um, other than the sport of football. Um, wherever in football, it's happening too with seven on seven summer camps. But with everybody, everybody um, not playing high school sports and doing club teams and AAU, so it's already happened at the at the high school level. And I think you're going to see it happen at the college level with all these people think that they're going pro. Where you're going to see it privatized quite a bit, and these schools just aren't going to get the top talent anymore. Yeah, it's probably pretty fair. And so I wonder what happens to like those sports on the world stage for the U.S. You know, does it does it go away or does it get better? Maybe I don't know. I know, but I feel like in some of these sports, like I'm actually thinking of wrestling with the whole uh, Foxcatcher and Dupont. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, I mean that ended in a Did, crazy. Didn't way. end great. Yeah. Right. But there are a lot of these sports that have the eccentric billionaire who's a fan of them. That's all you really need. Is he just going to put on a you know a sports campus on his you know on his three hundred acre estate and just train the top 10, 12 guys in in the in the country uh, to be Olympic athletes? But then the other thing is, how do we get to that point? You know where they're naming the top ten or twelve. You know, right? What's the feeder system? So, it, it, I mean, some sports it's going to be all right. Other sports it's not. It's 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 a changing of the guard. And um, it, it, honestly, it all comes back to football is king. Absolutely. And the fact is, and we this is actually the hottest take that you made. Um, I'll, I'll set it up for you, but you can bring it home. We're seeing a lot of the power conferences deciding to play conference-only schedules under the guise of safety. But you poked a hole in that one and thought the real re- you found the real reason has to do with attendance and non-conference games. Go ahead. Yeah, so you know most of these, the, all these Power Five schools are paying these non-Power Five schools and the one AA schools to show up and, and to show up and play million dollars, eight hundred grand, whatever it is. But it's big money. Without people in the stadium. They're not getting the revenue for that. Right. That game is not involved in a lot of their, you know, their TV contract and their TV yeah. revenue. You know, because ESPN, ESPN would rather put on. You're a, not picking a, that one up, right? Yeah, they, they they would rather put an early season Big Ten game on versus versus Illinois versus Michigan than say Michigan State versus Eastern Michigan. You Correct. know, correct. Um, so, because here's my thing with that: they're saying it's for safety. What is the difference from Wisconsin going to play at at uh, Michigan than Eastern Michigan going to play at Wisconsin or Central Michigan going to play at Ohio State. There's no difference in it. It's the same thing. It's the same amount of traveling staff. You know, the distance they're traveling. Similar. Maybe, 
maybe difference from a bus or a plane, but you're flying within the league at most of those big-time schools anyways. So they just don't want to pay out this money to these these smaller schools. They want to keep as much of the money to themselves because they're, they're just going to have a smaller pie to, to grab from. Correct, and you're right. I mean, if you think about, like, say, a 90,000-seat stadium that can only seat 27,000 due to social distancing, that's a lot of dollars that are gone. Uh, and then you think about media rights. To your point, you've got your Tier 1 rights, which is like your ESPN your CBS, et cetera. You get your tier two, which is like, you know, SEC network, you know, or, or ESPN, you know, three, you know, whatever. Then you get your third tier rights, which are local, and then you get your streaming rights. And that Michigan, that Michigan State, Western Michigan games isn't getting picked up on anything bigger than ESPN three. So all these leagues are doing is just saying, we'll play less games, they'll all be big games, and we won't have to pay anybody to show up. I apologize for the directional Michigan, Michigan schools for taking a beating, but you're not, you're not, you're not the show. We love you guys. We love the directional Michigan schools so much so that we even did a show a few weeks ago, a few months ago, whatever, somewhere in between, on tiny Division One hockey schools. We love you guys. Yeah, so it's it's just interesting to see where where you're seeing where the money goes, and um, you know, the Ivy League already canceled. I'm I'm not going to be shocked if if a couple Power Five schools uh, cancel, uh, or, or because that's going to be interesting. Because there are some states where governors have come out and said, if and this is to me this is super hypocritical on both ends. Because one, I agree with them because they say if if schools are not in session, we will not be playing sports. Sure. Student athletes, but most guys at Division One football and Division One basketball are already taking online classes and barely stepping foot in a classroom to meet with their football schedule. So it's really not probably that much difference for many of them at the big schools. Right, right. Yeah, we're going to see what they do because I feel like there's a lot of easy things to say in May that now as you get closer to kickoff, you got it's nut-cutting time, as they say. Yeah, because it's going to come down. To, it's, it's all going to come down to money. I don't think it's going to come down to student-athlete safety any of that it's gonna be about how much money they can they can put in their pockets and then that's the other thing like you said like so we'll say like texas a&m you know hundred thousand seat stadium which is known to be filled with big oil money how much of those twenty seven thousand tickets how much are they going to be selling for that's a good point texas a&m is going to try to recruit as much money as possible if not having ninety thousand seats right for a big game you're really you're driving you're driving it being like a nightclub it's a hot it's a hot ticket versus a, a, a big ticket you know so let me ask you this. Let's stay with the money. Let's talk about the NFL. You're down there in Florida. Tom Brady decided to follow you to the Gulf Coast. What is the buzz going on with that right now? There's a lot of buzz. I, I feel like, and I don't know if it's intentional on Brady's part or if it's just the media looking for the story. Since he's been down here, there's been about a story a week. You know, for, you know obviously first signing and then... Um, renting Derek Jeter's house. That was a story for a few days. Yep. And then the first time he was playing, you know, see, seen out in public. Then he did the Howard Stern radio show, so that that got play for a week. And then he got caught in a park he wasn't supposed to be in, throwing <laughs> receivers. And then he walked into the wrong house trying to find his offensive coordinator's house. So I, I don't know if it's all coincidence. I think a lot of it is savvy PR. Makes good sense. He's really leaning into this whole like twilight of his career thing. Yeah, and, and I mean there is a good buzz. I I I still have like a you know I'll wear like a usually it's very like Patriots gym shorts and I'll get a lot of questions and 
it is what it is. I have no ill will towards Tom. No, no, no. I hope he does well. I'm not rooting for him, but I'm not rooting against him. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'll tell you what. In in an unbelievable turn of events, even though everybody saw it coming from a mile away at the same time, Cam Newton signs for the Veterans Minimum for the Pats. How do you feel about that one? I haven't talked to anybody about this on the air yet. Okay, so first, what influence did you have from moving from Charlotte to Boston to Cam coming? I mean, he did call me about the winter as I said, listen, you're rich, it doesn't matter, you're good to go. Okay, I, 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 it's a... It's a high, it's a low risk high reward move. Yeah, um, I know everybody, uh, and this is this is one of the things. And much as I trust in Belichick, everybody was telling me that Jason Statham is going to be the best quarterback on the planet. Um, Jason, Jason, Jason Statham. You mean Jared Stidham? Yeah, Jason Statham. <laughs> um, I like that handsome Rob is now the quarterback of the Patriots. Yeah, I know, but everyone's <laughs> talking about Stidham. And, and so this is what this that is the great. crazy thing. That was great. Hold on. That was awesome. We're going to call him Jason Statham from now on. Holy, sh- holy um, cow. Sorry. Go ahead. Cam Newton. So um, <laughs> I stopped because you were just looking at me like, is he serious? <laughs> I hadn't heard anybody call him that yet. That was great. I mean, I'm eliminating um, coronavirus land. I don't know. So, like, it's, it's so funny because I, I, you know, Statham was at Baylor and then he was at Auburn. So we saw him play a lot in college. Yep. Spread offenses, just throwing the ball to wide open receivers. And, you know, as New England fans, we've been saying, oh, well, you that's not going to work in the pros. And then, you know, he, oh, well, he had a great preseason. And then Patriots go 0-4 in preseason, and, the, oh, well, preseason doesn't matter. But now it does matter with him. Right. Um, he didn't. He did not look good when he got in in the regular season games last no, year. No, he did even, not. Even though, even though it was just mop-up duty, he didn't look good. So I wasn't sold on him. And the New England fan, oh, Bill thinks he's good. Bill thinks he's he, he, we're, we're going to win the Super Bowl with him. With Cam Newton, if he stays healthy, I think the Patriots are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Yeah, totally. If he stay, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I know he's not as mobile as he once was, but he's still not. I mean, what is he, 31? 31. He's, 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 he's 11 to 12 years younger than your last quarterback. I mean, so quarterbacks, I mean, I know he's taken a lot of hits in the league, but that's the, the prime of your career. Um. Belichick always struggles with stopping a mobile quarterback, so it's going to be interesting to see what he does with a mobile quarterback now in his backfield. Yeah, I, I, I just don't see it, and he's never been an ad. I mean, other than throwing a laptop out a window and his father getting paid, or his father getting paid to go to Mississippi State and he didn't go there, and some allegations at Auburn. I mean, but he's never been like a like a locker room cancer. No, or never been a problem. Um. So I mean, in veteran veteran minimum, he has something to play for. You know, he's got to prove if his career wants to go on and, and get a th- four five year deal. He's got to prove something. I I think it's a great deal. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel the same way. I feel um, incredibly excited that there's an option besides Brian Hoyer if Stidham isn't the guy. And to your point is a pretty good chance you're going to get 75% or better of Cam Newton for, like, veterans' minimum money, for for a million bucks plus incentives, which means if he hits the incentives, he's probably playing pretty good football, which means they're probably in a position to win. I also think, to your point about the mobile quarterback piece, we got to remember, McDaniels loved Tebow when he was the coach, Josh McDaniels, when he was the coach of the Denver Broncos. The, the Pats actually even brought... Tebow back in for a cup of coffee a few like six years ago 
for spring for training camp. Um, Cam Newton is like a rich man's millionaire's Tim Tebow. Well, T- T- Tebow played over uh, Cam at Florida. So he sure did, and the rest uh, is history. Really? But to your point, now Tebow plays double A baseball. Yeah. Uh, so so anyway, I I feel like if it's if it doesn't go well, it's going to be super interesting to watch happen, or it's going to go well and it's going to be super fun. And, and you know, I get so mad when people in the media, you know, whenever something goes wrong with the Patriots, oh, that's the Patriot way. You guys talk about the Patriot way all the time. Yeah, whatever. But this is the Patriot way. You get a guy that you're that you're paying cheaply, and if he doesn't perform, you're fine with it. And if he does perform, he's going to outperform his contract. Yeah. And it's it. it yeah. I mean, Brady's making Brady's making more than than uh, our entire quarterback and running back room combined. Right. And I will say this, and I know their cap space has been kind of, you know, damaged, but they signed, you know, they settled a couple of grievances with Hernandez's estate and with Antonio Brown. I mean, the defense is good. I've heard some rumors of Jadavion Clowney maybe signing a one-year deal. I heard the same. I started them. Started the rumor? (laughs) Yeah. Breaking news, Andy Masson started the rumor here first. So anyway, Um, I'm excited. Here's the thing. I just don't think anyone in the AFC East as I mean the the the, Bro- not the Broncos. The Dolphins have taken some steps. Um, I think they're making way too much about their end of year winning against the Patriots, and in the um, and the the Bills, you know, look better. I don't think anyone really. No one's no one is head and shoulders above the Patriots. No, and the Bills are definitely. The Bills are looking at like they they could potentially be the uh, Cleveland Browns of 2020, where everybody's blowing smoke that they're going to be great this year, and we'll see. Yeah, I agree. Um, do you think they'll play 16 games of regular season football this year? Um, no, I I will say even about the other sports. I know we may get into them. I'm going to be shocked if anyone finishes the season this year. Okay. I don't think the NFL will play um, 16 games, but I think the NFL will finish the season and have a Super Bowl. I just think even compared to the other pro sports, there's just too much money involved. Um, and just too, too many things. Just Football just runs the world, and, and I think they're going to find a way. Um, so I will ask you. I'm going to take over hosting duties for a second. Nice. How about the rule? That was put in place. That these guys are still tackling each other and huddling up and all that, but they can't trade jerseys after the game. How do you think that is going to stop the spread of coronavirus? Honestly, I think that's just lip service to make people feel better about it. Yeah, <laughs> you can lay in a pile with nine other guys. Yeah, the coronavirus isn't going to be from the jersey. It's going to be from breathing on another human when they tackle you over yeah. and over and over again. Yes. I, I agree with that. Um, I do think they'll get most of the season in. I think they'll definitely get the playoffs in. I think they'll definitely get the Super Bowl in, to your point. So I, Go ahead. Sorry. I, I think I think a, a probably a 12-game 12, 12 season is what we'll see. I'll take it. Honestly, I'll take it. Um, speaking of getting the season in, the one luxury that the, the NHL has is that they have teams in Canada. And Canada, including every other country in the world, is safer from coronavirus than America. So but they don't have my they don't have my freedom. They don't have your freedom now. <laughs> but they no longer have coronavirus, so they got that going for them. So they're instead of the N, uh, the NHL going to Vegas and Orlando, which is a horrible idea, 
They're going to go to like Toronto, I think, and somewhere else. Maybe Edmonton. I think it's Toronto and Edmonton. Right. So two great hockey towns, two places where the government's actually in control of the virus. So do you think the bubble will work up there, or are you, you still worried about it? I'm still worried about it just because I just think it's going to be impossible to contain these guys in the bubble, or maybe you contain them in the bubble and you're bringing in some outside resources to take care of some needs. Um, I just, it, it may work. Being in Canada it def, def, is definitely helps. Um, but I mean, Toronto is a major metropolitan city. Yeah. And I know they've controlled it better, but I, I still think you're bringing in whole teams. I know they're getting quarantined. I, I just think there's just a lot coming and a lot traveling with it. I like it better than the NBA's idea. Yeah. Um, I, I like what they did. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting. I'm excited to have some hockey in, in August and September. That's going to be cool. Pretty cool, yeah. Uh, I think the NHL said every game will be televised. I, I don't know... Um, if it's going to be on channels we all get, they haven't announced that yet. It's going to be on the Ocho. Yeah, there there has been talk about like the NHL doing. Uh, you know, there'll be three, four games in a day, like kind of back to back to back. You know, like MIA State Tournament style. You know, at BU. You know, like it's kind of cool. I, I like it. It, it, it. There's going to be a lot of hockey to watch, yeah. and um, it's going to be interesting with no, um, with no. No, uh, no fans in the seats to see what we're picking up on these live mics because, especially in, a, in the NHL, like I, you know, you watch it when a guy's mic'd up. Some of the things that they they let they let they let you see are hilarious with some of the chirps. So it's 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 more like the NHL is more of a chirp league than like a trash talk league, like the NBA. Right. Um, yeah, the NBA. I think there's a lot lot. Is a lot different where the NHL, there's just a lot of funny stuff that comes out of guys' mouths. We should uh, definitely log some of the chirps so we can maybe do a podcast on best chirps of the uh, bubble. Yeah. Well, especially people are going to hear some lingo and they're going to be like, why did he just call him a grocery stick? And they're going <laughs> to have to look it up. Can you explain what a grocery stick is in hockey terms for us? Do you know or not? I do not. I do not. Okay, the grocery stick. You know how when you when you check out at you know Market Basket or Stop and Shop to separate you you from the person behind you, you put the grocery stick. So the fourth line guy who doesn't touch the ice, he just sits at the very end between the forwards and the defenseman. Might play one shift a game. He's the grocery stick. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I didn't know so, that one. So you'll, you'll you'll hear you know him get on the ice and try to start uh, you know either start a scrap or try to draw a penalty. Like with a top line guy or second line guy on the other team, they'll look at him and be like, "You're a grocery stick. Get back where you belong." <laughs> That's some great NHL trivia right there. I love it. We might need you to help us decode some of these too. Uh, do, so I don't, I don't know the answer to this one either because I, I haven't gotten locked in yet. What is the format up there? So it's a couple regular season games to get warmed up, or yeah. is it just straight playoffs? Um, so what they did, um, the top four teams in each conference are up there, and they're going to play a, a round-robin for seeding. Got it. So wh- whatever happened the regular season is done, you know, screws the Bruins a little bit, but, hey, it is what it is. So they're going to play a round-robin for seeding, and then the bottom, like the next, so teams 5 through 12, I guess, 5 through whatever. The, they play for, like, four spots, right? They play, so, so and 
And so the, the four teams that win those game, those series, I believe it's a five-game series, are actually considered in the playoffs. The teams that don't make the playoffs are actually back in the lottery for the number one pick because nobody got the number one pick in the NHL draft lottery. Oh, wow. So they did it with the uh, eight teams that didn't make it with the possibility of one of the other teams getting it. And so sure enough, one of the other teams. Oh, when they wow. The lottery, one of the other so teams someone's going to make the playoffs or almost make the playoffs and then get the number one pick. Yes. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So you're pretty excited about it, and do you do you think it's even will, will they and should they get their names in the actual Stanley Cup, or should there be a different trophy for this? No, they they should because here's the thing: the NHL played seventy games. True. It's not like baseball, who hasn't played anything. Correct. They played, they played a season. You're right. The NHL played a season, and by the time the actual playoffs start, you're going to have to win. Four seven game series to win it, which is how you do it anyway. Which which is normal. So it's it's a little different. I'm hoping we see playoff quality hockey all the way through. I'm afraid the first round may be a little sloppy, and yeah. sometimes those. I mean, some of the best series I've seen are first round series. Uh, yep. You know, and I just don't think guys are going to be up for it yet. Yeah, it's a long it's a, it's a long way to come back from from March yeah. to now. On the other hand, though. Then this does change it. You know, I I think every their name does go on the Stanley Cup, but winning the Stanley Cup is sometimes a it's just a battle of attrition. You know, like every year after the team the two, the Stanley Cup final ends, they they put a, each team will put a list out of who had surgery over the next week, and it's usually like ten or twelve guys. <laughs> right. And a lot of those are lingering injuries from the regular season that just got worse during the playoffs. So having this long layoff before the playoffs. Layoff before the playoffs. I like that. Playoff. Um, <laughs> uh, sticks. Should, you know, it might. It does take a little bit away from it, but I, I, I'm, I'm still saying they get the cup, and, cool. and, and it's not even an asterisk next to it because they're going through a full playoffs. And that's fair. I think it's great. That's a good way to break it down. All right, so let's get into uh, one last thing before we get into coronavirus. Totally. I just want to point out because I think you and I may have talked about this a little. So. I just people just don't talk to me when I'm by myself, whether it's on an airplane or at a restaurant or at a bar. When you're traveling for work, I used to travel for work a lot. I no longer do because nobody does. And my theory was, when I get married and wear a ring, people will be like, "Oh, he must not be a serial killer because someone loves him," and maybe people will start talking to me more. And instead, I never got to try it out. So I'm bummed out about that in terms of a failed experiment for coronavirus. Okay. Uh, Have I ever shared that theory with you before or no? I'm sorry, I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think part of it, one, the world has just changed a lot. Where people used to talk a lot more because you'd be at the bar and you'd be watching whatever was on TV. That's true. Now you're on your phone, you're watching your own thing, you're listening to your own your own thing, or you're, you're texting, you're tweeting, whatever. So that's changed. Two... I just think we're at the age where we just have like the grumpy old guy face on all the time, I no guess matter so. how happy you are. But I and I have learned though. I found if I start talking to people, I can still get them to talk to me. Nice. And I also find that when people talk to me that I don't want that that like I don't know, I don't want them to talk to me. So. Oh, correct. I'm actually. I think it's actually. I'm I'm bummed out I didn't get to do the experiment, but I actually liked the fact that people were just afraid of me on airplanes and stuff because I never had to make small talk with anybody. Yeah, it's it's 
It's interesting. I mean, communication has just changed. The way people interact has just changed so much. Yeah. It's it's not it's 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 not. I, I don't even know if people notice the wedding ring half the time. No. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't know because I never. I got married, and the next day the world ended. So. Well, okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I. Since I've been married, I noticed the wedding rings a lot more. Before yeah. I was married, it wasn't even something that was on my mind. Interesting. Okay. That's interesting. All right, so let's get into it. We've been we've been dancing around it. You live in Florida, apparently Florida, on July 11th, which is two days ago, I think. Uh, more coronavirus new cases than anywhere in the U.S., including New York City slash New York State, back in March or April. So, Florida is number one with a bullet in July. How are we doing? If Florida was a country, we'd have the fourth most cases. Well said. <laughs> What's going on down there, man? It's it's interesting because our world really hasn't changed that much down here. Which is why it's the number four Which country in the world. Um, for a while, um, you know, the bars are closed, but restaurants are open. So if you if you're a restaurant, not a bar, you can still serve liquor. Yep. Gyms are open. Daycares are open. Kids' summer camps are open. Oh. Um. It was weird. We'll go back about three weeks. There were some restrictions in Florida. Masks were never required by the state. This is, this is I, I may have said this in the last podcast. Masks were never required by the state. But certain cities and towns were putting mask requirements in. Right. I live, I mean, I live in Sarasota, but I live in Sarasota County, not the city of Sarasota. Right. The city of Sarasota put on a mask ordinance. Sarasota County did not because they didn't felt they had the legal power to do it. And the governor of the state said, I'm leaving it up to each municipality to decide what they're going to do. So basically, no, there was a leadership vortex there. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. Well, we can't do it. And so about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, they lifted some of the restrictions. Like bars could open again. You could do indoor dining. I think that was about a month ago, actually. And also the week before that, you know, I've changed my schedule up. So I go grocery shopping once a week. I used to be a guy who was at the grocery store like every day. Yeah, hey, banging in, banging out. Grounding the way home. You know, it's a, a city shopper is what they, they, they call it when you're, when you're talking about different types of shoppers. So now I'll go and I'll buy for the whole week. So like Saturday morning going to Publix, you know, we'll say six weeks ago, 85% of the people had masks on. As soon as, and, and it wasn't required. As soon as they lifted the restrictions that had nothing to do with us wearing masks, maybe 20% of people had masks on. Like, it was just this, like, mental thing. People decided it was over because the restrictions were eased. Yeah. Um, And that wasn't right. It's pretty crazy. I mean, Sarasota hasn't been hit that bad. Linda works at the hospital, so she's been seeing a lot. And, you know, she gives me the numbers every day. Like, with my job, I'm on travel restriction. Um. And so I get a report every day for the state of Florida. And it, for a while, it was just the, the Tri-County area down in South Florida. Miami, Miami, um, Broward, which is Fort Lauderdale, and Palm Beach County. Yep. Over the past two weeks, all of a sudden, Tampa, uh, Hillsborough County, which is Tampa, is on that report. Orange County, which is Orlando, is on that report. And Sarasota, Bradenton is, is high up on that list. Mm. Um, and, and we're creeping up there. So, but no one is changing what they're doing. It, not nobody. There's just enough people out there doing stupid things. 
we have a lot of the, you know, my, my freedom, you know, conspiracy. It's not that. It's only the flu. We have a lot. We have a lot of that. so many of those down here. We're not going to let it ruin our economy over a million deaths. Come on. You know? What's a million deaths between a couple bucks, right? Yeah. Man, great way to look at it, except not at all. Um, do you, so you guys don't feel any less safe because you kind of are able to, are you able to kind of, like you said, go shopping a little differently, stay at home a little differently, all that? Yeah, we, we, we are, uh, Linda has been very vigilant about her quarantine. Yeah. Um, I've probably been 80, 85%. Um, I do a couple things I shouldn't, but the other thing is like, I have to be out there for work once in a while, work, um, I'm still on the payroll, so I'm still expecting. I had, I had, a, I had like two months where I was stuck at home the whole time. Yeah. Um, and now I'm back out in the field a little bit, but it's, it's very. My company's taking it seriously, and it's very restrictive. But I'm still interacting with people. So, um, and part, partly with Linda. Linda, Linda works at the hospital. I mean, she's been uh, COVID tested three or four times now, but she knows she's healthy. And even though she's getting tested every week or two, she could, she could be carrying it. She doesn't want to spread it to anybody else. Right, right, right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I hear that. Uh, it, it's been interesting. It, like I said, there are just so many idiots out there um, that just don't care. The, the, I Like Fort Lauderdale has been, they've been really, uh, the bars down there just weren't taking it seriously at all. And now if they get caught breaking, like, the social distancing rules or, or the capacity rules, they're getting shut down for a day and getting a fine. Right. So that, um, that'll change the behavior a little bit. Yeah, and they, they've been hitting, hitting a, the, you, I guess it's the county, the, you know, the county police force, code enforcement. You know, I, I get, been just seeing they've been shutting down a lot. Uh, like I said, I'm, I live in South Sarasota, which is a little less populated. I'm more of the town than the city. Like I said, I'm in the county. Yep. Um. And we've just been in, you know, having a four-year-old, it's tough trying to find things to do. You just can't sit inside. So we've, we've hit a lot of nature preserves, done a lot of nature hikes, our bike rides, just trying to fill the day up with that and staying away from people. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice game. It's like playing tag as a kid. You try to just go, I cross the street more now for no reason than ever before. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So speaking of idiots, um... Disney World opened back up. Not a mask in sight. Uh, full to the hilt. But Disney has not opened its corporate offices yet. So is Disney, is Disney World evil? Are people really just that stupid? Obviously a little bit of both. Should we boycott ESPN until they close their parks? What's going on? I love that Disney has opened and said to the world, if you are a freaking moron Please and want to come to Disney right now and spend your money and have a terrible experience because we have coronavirus going on, it's 8 billion degrees outside and we're social distancing in some lines. So now instead of standing inside in air conditioning, you're outside in the sun. You want your picture with Mickey Mouse? Yeah, you're six feet away. There are no character breakfasts. There's none of that stuff going on. And Disney is still charging the same price and just daring these people to come get COVID. If you go get COVID at Disney, good for you. <laughs> you are a class A moron. I believe my friend Darwin had something to say about people like that. So go ahead. Go to Disney. Pack the place. Go to Star Wars Land and have a good time. Is there a Star, Wars? Is there a Star Wars Land? Yeah. Oh. Brand new. 
I guess I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> Let's go. Um, no, I mean, I think Disney should probably show more corporate responsibility. Yeah. But their customers are showing there's a demand for it. So, like, where is where is the line? I think if you don't know what you're getting into, you don't know how to read. You don't know how to turn on a TV, and you may not have the internet. Yeah, I just don't know how you want to go to Disney so bad to not have a Disney World experience in July in Florida in the epicenter of the coronavirus. I would rather light my money on fire. I know. But the funny thing is, is Bush Gardens and um, what's the other one? Universal have been open for weeks. Of course. I mean, they're they're smaller, but you go there, you're still packed in with people. I mean, I'm a, okay. So what about? I know New Hampshire is a little different than Massachusetts. What about the uh, the New England Classic, Candy Lake Park? Are they open? I'm not even sure. Great question. Probably it's New Hampshire. What about, what about Wally World? Wally World's definitely open. <laughs> Moose told me it was closed. Actually, I think Wally World's closed for repairs this week. Shoot. Yeah. Moose, oh. Moose has punched it, told you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Andy, what else is going on, buddy? Anything else? We covered a lot. I appreciate you as always. Um, tennis season is a mess. Golf season's kind of weird this year. Horse racing's back, kind of. I mean, it's back, but it's in a weird sequence. Anything in the turf and lawn sports department, or have you taken off the summer like everybody else? Yeah, no, I just, it's just weird. It's going to be interesting about sports coming back because my viewing habits in my life has just changed so much over the last four months. Like, I'm sure once they start up, I'll start watching. But it's not like um, I was like, you know, so excited to see sports that I'm like, oh, there's a golf match on. Oh, I'm going to watch NASCAR. I have no excitement about baseball at all. Zero. The game zero. And, and I love watching Red Sox. I love sitting on my back patio and watching the Red Sox game, you know, during the summer. And I just, right now, I just don't have it. I'm hoping it, you know, I amp up a little bit when it starts. But I'm just not in the sports mood right now. I, I don't know, you know? like. I mean, I will say this. I, I have liked having, like, soccer back in the middle of the day. Put it on in the background. Yeah. But, but yeah, am I jonesing to watch the Red Sox? No. Am I jonesing for the Celtics? No. Like, to me, it's kind of like, I guess I'm kind of getting my head around football a little bit because it's starting to get to that time of year. Um, but but even that, like, I don't think we're going to get a full season, and I'm going to be okay with that. Yeah, it's just the, the world has changed so much. It's, it's also as we get older, it changes a little bit. But I'm just not that stoked about sports starting. I mean, I watch a lot of the Premier League. Yeah, and it's not, and I know that they're they're piping in the sound, but it, to me, it's just without fans, with no fans in the stands, it changes the viewing experience. Yeah, I will say, I will say that if you if you're doing something else with it in the background, the piped in noise actually is is better than no because it, you're not paying attention to it solely. Yeah, and so it kind of feels like it felt when you were ignoring it back in the day. But I agree that if you're watching it intently, even if they pipe in the noise, it. It just doesn't ring true. Yeah. So my, my brother has been, I got him, he, he's watching Premier League now. Good. Um, and he's like, oh, he's like, I wasn't really paying attention and I thought they were fans. And like Linda said the same thing. 
But like you said, when you're when it's in the background, it's fine. When you're watching it intently, it's just it's a different vibe. It's like watching a comedy, a sitcom that has a laugh track. Right. You know it's not a live studio audience. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you're kind of like, I didn't need the laugh track. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Awesome, man. All right. Well, that's that's good stuff. We will end it there. But we'll have you back on again soon because I got a feeling with all the stupidity in the world, there'll be more to rant about, more to gripe about for sure. And I, and I am a ground zero of stupidity. You're at, well, again, well said. <laughs> Andy Maslow, <laughs> thanks for being on, buddy. We will talk to you soon. Everybody else with the filibuster freestyle, stay safe out there. And don't be like the folks at Disney World. Don't go there and wear a mask if you do. Goodness gracious. See you, Andy.